Freaking g'day and welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio, your bloody one-stop shop for everything you could ever possibly want related to Western Australian video gaming podcasting, okay? The whole lot's here. You got the whole lot. You could possibly only have any more, okay? All right, so um, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. My name is Captain Perth. It is a Monday. It's the 13th of November, 2023. This is episode 78. And alongside me, as always, Pavloverface and a very special guest, not as always, Straight Jacket Jim, but very much appreciated. Welcome, mate. No worries. Happy to be here, fellas. And may I just say, I love your intro music. Like, it, it always gets me bopping. Oh, <laughs> mate, we love it as well. It's a cracker. Hey, we actually, it's a friend of ours. Um, had you know used to do kind of like music producing just for a bit of fun and um we went through his back catalog when we we're trying to get the music for this and we we're like oh well, we'll just find something in pandy's little kind of you know side pocket and we heard that we we're like man this is like swamp freaking dubstep stuff <laughs> like this is this is it this is literally what we needed and it was perfect much, much better than we were expecting to find like <laughs> yeah yeah it was great and then also we didn't have to have the whole try and find someone on fiverr make us a theme song and it not really kind of be us so it kind of was amazingly perfect in every way but yeah thank you jim appreciate that now how you going mate how's how's life been treating you i'm doing really well had a pretty chill weekend i must say like i changed my setup around a bit put Put a few different things in. Put in a new shelf, so I've got a nice, nice shelf, which obviously everybody can see here, being in podcast land. And you know, well, yeah, being an audio medium makes for great. Uh, <laughs> well, to give to give audio listeners a bit of an insight, I mean, Jim has a significant amount of memorabilia behind him in his live stream video. Like, I'm seeing a lot of Star Wars, uh, and the other stuff is a bit too small for me to make out in our little podcast viewer, but. Um, yeah. Lots of Lego, lots of Mario Lego over to my my right here, and that's only the bits you can see on camera. Like, there's a whole yeah. wall here that's that's full of stuff and collectibles. I love Hell it. Hell yeah, dude! I'm all about that. Single man, no misses. This is what it this is what it does to you. No kids either. You get, you get disposable <laughs> income to spend on other stuff. Yeah, and you also have kids breaking all your wonderful memorabilia. <laughs> oh, if I had kids, there would be a lock on the door to this room, no doubt. <laughs> Love it. So you put a new shelf in, mate. What else happened over the weekend? Uh, actually, I had a stream for the first time in God knows how long. I just oh, decided nice. I've, I've made these changes to the setup. Let's go test them. So, yeah, just jumped yep. on, did a stream. Stre well, stream liked me. The games I was trying to play did not. So I was playing... Yes. Star Wars, The Old Republic, and jump back into that, doing some of the story cool. content there. Um, and I got to a certain point, and I just couldn't get past it. The game just bugged out. So it got to a bit where you take control of, like, this load lifter thing, and you got to move this stuff around. But rather than teleporting me to where I need to be and then turning me into a load lifter, it just kind of turned my character into a load lifter where I was. So I couldn't oh, actually what? do anything, and I was big, so big I couldn't get out of rooms. It was <laughs> oh my god! I, and you know what? It's not the first time that's happened to me either. I had another character that I took through that exact same part, and the same thing happened. So I'm just like, Weird. oh well, I'm stop stopping playing that for now. Yep. And that's then, it. I, then I thought, you know what? I'll flick over to Fall Guys because the Stream Perth community um, ah. get together is going to be playing Fall Guys. I think it's this this coming Saturday. So I thought I'll give that a nice. go. Fall Guys wouldn't boot. 
It was just oh, like, okay. Yeah, it was a, just a great time all around. And then I just went, I'm playing Marvel <laughs> Snap now. I just want something nice and simple. That worked. Yeah. Played that for an hour. So it was a deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a good time with Marvel Snap there in the end anyway. What's the what's Marvel Snap like at the moment, mate? Like I, I haven't um, touched that game at all, but I know when it first released, people were quite happy with it. And um, what's the kind of I don't know what's what's the like economy like in terms of microtransactions? What's the kind of meta feel like? It's it, it's still feeling pretty good to me, and admittedly, I, the only money I spend on it is I buy the battle pass every month because I yep. just I like it, and I've been enjoying the game that much that and it's, I just want to spend money on it so that it gets stuff and can continue growing yeah. uh, and that's that's 15 bucks a month that has been getting out of me i think hey, i've bought pretty good same currency once or twice to upgrade cards but that's that's about it so it hasn't got a whole lot of money out of me and i feel i've got a great selection of cards so what, what will 15 bucks a month get you so it opens up more on the battle pass. So you earn yep. more of the the in-game currency to upgrade your cards. And upgrading the cards doesn't make them do more in the game. It just makes them um, shinier and look nicer. And then when, when you get it to its max level, you can um, get a variant of that card. So it's just like variant artwork and stuff like that. So it's... Right. Is that variant artwork, is that like a random chance to get a particular variant? Is that how it works? Or That's kind of cool. It, it is, and it's really, like, the, the art styles that they've got there, like, they had a series of all Venom cards, so all the 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 characters in it, like, you have, I'm trying to remember, I think Mr. Fantastic was one of the early cards, so you'd have a, a Venom variant of him, so he's still, you could tell he was Mr. Fantastic, we'd all Venomized and stuff like that, and then there was, like, a Pixar right. series that came out, Um and yeah, it's just it's really cool, and it's just because it's so quick and easy as well. I, yeah. just, I love that you can jump into it and and be done, and just yeah, just have yeah. Fun. I mean, what's game length? Like a, a game will take you like a couple of minutes. Yeah, no, handful of minutes depending on on uh, on how it goes. I think it's not but three or four. I would say because there, yeah. there's a time limit for each move as well. So there's only yep. six turns, possibly seven. There's a card that can make it so there's seven turns. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's like 30 seconds, I think, to make your move. And after that, the, the game just says, oh, you didn't make a move? Cool. Well, you guess you passed this. Bad time. luck. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, me- I remember the, I guess, the um, the the template that they were going for when they were kind of describing it before it had even come out yet was that they were trying to create something where you could basically have a quick game whilst you're in line at the shopping center or something waiting to use the checkout or something like that, you know, just just something you can squeeze into your day here and there but obviously still have enough depth to the game where it's, you know, that, that shortness of time isn't, it's not like a, it doesn't reduce the complexity of, the game and depth and enjoyment it just it's just more so the fact that you can squeeze it into smaller t- chunks of time in your day right yeah 100 percent. and it and it is that quick like i i have literally done that i've been in line for something and i've gone oh, i haven't done my dailies on marvel snap let's go and do that yeah uh, and and you, of course you get the tie-ins like there's a the marvel's tie-in at the moment because that's just hit cinemas and before that there was um a loki tie-in i think in between there actually there was like a a blade tie-in i don't know oh, yeah why. blade movies still miles off if it comes i was gonna say that's not even close to that is it no and there's still all those rumors about uh um 
Mr. Ali and his his role in there because he's not uh, like going on that doesn't like yeah. the way, which is understandable because it's yeah. quite close to it. But that's pop culture. We're here for video games, of course. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because I will talk. I went and saw the Marvels last weekend, and I will talk Marvel <laughs> pop culture great length. stuff. He'll go. So I have to catch. You're gonna pull him in. Head. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's, it. that's enough about how my weekend went. How's your weekend, Kat? Yeah, well, mine wasn't too bad. Um, I haven't done an awful lot. In fact, I've done pretty much zero gaming, which is, um, I don't know, it's kind of been refreshing in a way, just kind of being completely um, detached from that for a little while. I think sometimes I find that a little gaming detox and then you come back, the gaming's, the gaming's just so much sweeter, you know, when you come back. You, you, like those little breaks are quite um, quite good for you. But uh but yeah, I didn't do an awful lot. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I, I looked after Ted a lot over the weekend because Mia was doing bits and pieces, and then I, I got a haircut, um, and that's about it, really. Uh, can't really say that I did an awful lot else. I've, I've been learning a new programming language on the side, um, so what yeah, uh, I'm learning a thing called React, which is kind of like a UI um, framework for JavaScript. So uh, it's one of the more popular ones and um it's kind of i'm kind of using it as like a um a fail safe for if, if anything ever happened to my job basically <laughs> so, yeah so that's kind of where i'm going with that but it's been fun to learn um and yeah just kind of i, I want to i've got a couple of ideas for some little side projects that i want to try and monetize and see if i can get like a little micro SaaS thing happening which would be pretty rad and you know just a little bit of like latent money would be cool if it ever did anything. Um, but we'll see. You know, I've got to build them first, which almost probably won't happen. It's just more of an idea. We're in the ideas stage right now. Okay, whether that gets converted into the actual project and finalized project stage, we'll see. As a man with a one-year-old, yeah. unlikely at this stage. But it's nice to dream. You know what I mean? It'll be like me. I I had these grand designs of making a, a game in Unity. And I yeah. thought uh, I'm just going to make a bullet hell shooter. And I thought, oh yeah, this will this will be all right. It won't be too hard. And then I started trying to teach myself Unity, and I went, this is a lot more complex than I thought it was going to be. So maybe I won't be learning Unity. Yeah, Unity. I mean, obviously, we've also had the big Unity, um, you know, uh, conundrum and and bits and pieces mm. happen recently. Uh, but I mean, Unity's fairly reasonable in terms of its price of entry i find i think um when i say price of entry i mean more so just like uh, i i guess your tutorialization of the ecosystem and learning about it is pretty good um and then i find other other engines are a bit more difficult even unreal's kind of a bit more um i don't know um a bit more technical i guess um whereas unity you can kind of like you can do visual programming and bits and pieces so um but yeah, I've definitely been there. I've got some half-finished projects just sitting on my computer that I probably will never reopen ever again. Um, but yeah, good old Unity, eh? Um, yeah. So, anyways, that was my weekend. Now, Pav, we haven't spoken to you, mate. How's your weekend? Don't you think you're getting out of this, pal? I, uh, fellas, as I always say, I had a big one. I had a not your average big one, but I had Ooh. a I had a big quiet one. <laughs> A big one. <laughs> is that a big one? Yeah, absolutely. You can. Uh, yeah, you like. never, never specify what big one it is. It's just the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I had a super yeah. chill weekend. I 
uh, got down to business and finally cleaned my house after all my trips. Uh, I do nice. No longer hate myself walking through my house. No Huns uh, involved after they getting down to business. No? <laughs> That's exactly it. Yep. Um, no, no Huns were harmed. Uh, but yeah, I got, actually played some video games as like uh, to chill out with friends for for the first time in a god knows how long. Uh, so I just Dude, enjoyed nice. my enjoyed my weekend. As- so talk me through what kind of video gaming were you doing? All right. Walk me through so it. So it's a, it's a it's a weird thing. Uh, I was hanging out with some friends who are like big Pokemon fans. Uh, so we were playing some Pokemon, uh, randomized Pokemon Emerald. Yep. And we did this thing where we, all three of us were playing the game, but the items were randomized as well across each other's games. Oh, I love those oh. randomizers. <laughs> So we're all playing at the same time, and as we uncover an item in the game, it gets uh, one of, someone else, one of the other three of us, um, a message pops up. It's like, you have received this. <laughs> so um, Wait, yeah. what? I'm so confused. So you would get, an, if someone picked an item up, everyone would get an item. No, no, no. You, so each, each, everyone's items were scattered across everybody's game. So, uh, oh, so as you pick stuff right. up, even, even the gym badges were uh, scattered within that, that pool as well. So... Um, yeah, it was like super obscure the way we had to play through, <laughs> and because uh, yeah. some things would only be accessible in other people's playthroughs, yeah. and I couldn't use person... cut because I never got the the badge for cut. So oh, <laughs> shit. And so, would you then have to get your friend to go and find go cut and find it for exactly. you to unlock it for you? Dude, Dude that the is wild. The badge they need to go find for me somewhere in their game. Uh, God, I think uh, my my cut ended up being. Uh, on Victory Road as well, so I had to wait for them to finish, <laughs> to get right right to the end. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a brutal seed. Yeah, mm. no yeah. shit, that sucks. <laughs> but, so what are you doing for like the whole time? You're just I walking was around like, in freaking town. I was absolutely the worst, uh, like worst at the game. So I was just like grinding <laughs> mindlessly. So I had a <laughs> level level uh, uh, handicap over the other trainers. Dear uh, lord. Yeah, it was a bloody good time. But like, we played for like a solid like six, seven hours. It was, and I didn't even realize that time go by. It was fantastic. That's really cool, man. I really like that idea. That's a really unique way to yeah. kind of and approach apparently that. With, with this, um, with the thing that we we're using to play this, you can do this with not just Pokemon. Like, uh, the Hollow Knight oh. is an option in there as well, as well as like Final Fantasy, uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, a whole bunch of, whole bunch of yeah. other games that the items can be. Uh, I feel like a Link to the Past would be a really good one for that yeah. as well. Yeah. Link to the Mask randomizer is a thing on its own, but I remember yeah. one day it wasn't just everybody playing the same game it was people playing different games and stuff would jump across because somebody like you're you're playing (laughs) you might be playing mario 64 and you get to a point where you a star supposed to be but instead of that you get somebody playing a link to the past gets like the the master sword or something yeah it's it's that is melting my brain jim big time (laughs) (laughs) oh dear god i wouldn't want to be the person trying to program that to you that sounds like a nightmare (laughs) god very cool though pav very freaking rad anything else on your gaming horizons mate uh not not a lot of gaming um in the future just yet i'm trying to get all my uh ducks in line uh plan the, the all my events for the next year, but um, I am also jumping into streams again, getting getting into the oh stream, my God. Uh, stream mindset again. So, are you scheduling, or are you just kind of running with um, just a vague? At the moment, I'm very vague, but I'm bringing yeah. back the um, good old uh, trivia nights as well. So, oh my God, dude, so, that was like a COVID hit. Remember, yeah. 
Remember, remember COVID? Remember oh, that thing? I'll tell you that COVID has changed, changed me so much yeah. and by, oh, <laughs> by necessity. Rugged versions of ourselves. <laughs> it's funny though. Like, I was talking to Mia about it the other day and like, you know, COVID was wild. Like mm-hmm. one thing I said to Mia, I was like, I can't even imagine having had a child during COVID and then having to had entertained them during <laughs> lockdowns and stuff. That would have been supremely fucked oh yeah <laughs> my sister had it must have my oh, nephew must have been two or three at the time covid hit and she had a kid oh, in dude. the pool when covid kicked off yikes yeah, yikes <laughs> it, even because i mean some people didn't have access to things like daycare and stuff like that so i don't know how we would have actually worked like yeah. we wouldn't have been able to work one of us would have had to like take a significant amount of time off with a child the age of 10 because it just wouldn't have worked. Like you, you can't just have a child running around by itself and you working. <laughs> it no. just wouldn't happen. But yeah, wild time, wild time. But I'm very excited about the trivia nights, Pav. I am ex- right. essentially I'm, excited. I'm doing it a little bit differently. It's going to be a, more in a game show format. I'm inviting, and it's going to be VTuber game show. So I'm uh, inviting what? all my VTuber friends to compete against each other head to head. Dude, sick. That is cool. Oh, okay. Well, for everyone trivia, listening at home. Slight little change. So, oh so have, have pineapple VTuber when? Yeah. Um, I'm 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 just your I'm just your usual Pav, Pavlova host, but I will be introducing introducing and um highlighting some of your some of my favorite local uh VTuber friends. Dude, that's sick. Um and where can people find that twitch.tv slash Pavloverface? That's it, twitch.tv forward slash Pavloverface. That's P-A-V-L-O-V-A-F-A-C-E Pavloverface. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> and Jim, what about yours, mate? What what, uh, what it, I'm under straight jacket Jim. S-T-R-8 J-A-K-T-J-I-M. So yeah. search that on Twitch, you'll find me. In fact, search that anywhere, you'll find me. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking sweet, dude. Love it. All right. Well, boys, enough of about us. And more about video games, because uh, that's what the people want, okay? Uh, but before all that, let's get through our usual kind of house house rules, et cetera. Um, just want to say, firstly, a big thank you to everyone listening at home, whether you're doing that via uh, live right now. You're one of these legends in the Twitch chat, like Infernox, uh, Sukai AU, Sakose, who else we got in here? Uh, Slatos, you know, just just the freaking regulars, just the the rippers. Um, you want to join them Monday night, seven pm AWST. Just go to twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. You can be here live, be a part of the conversation, talk a bit of shit, give me and Jim when he's on a bit of uh, a bit of shit. You know, it's great. It's what, we, what we're all here for. Otherwise, you can listen to us uh, in your own time, the leisure of your own vehicle, uh, your bed, your your. Uh, bloody swag i don't know where you where you're listening to us but um you know whatever uh you can do that anywhere via your favorite podcasting platform just look up oceanic gaming radio um or go to ogr.show and follow the links you'll find shitloads of links there listen to it in your favorite spot <clears throat> other than that also want to say a big thank you to our wonderful patreons they are the legends that come out every freaking week and drop some spondulies in our wallet, which is great. Um, it is what we are using to uh, do cool things like TikToks and all that kind of shit. I, I don't know what the fuck they are. Grizz gets those made up and I have no uh, no idea. Um, I feel like they, they're such an old man when it comes to like all these reels and shit. Like they just, they just appear and I'm in them. You know? Are they just called Vines? 
Oh, see, now you're talking my language, Jim. That's my kind of language. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. So um, thank you to the following legends of whom I speak of. Sukai, Moosey, Caging Runt, Sergeant Paul, Lee GD, J-Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, Strops, and Slatos. Thank you, legends. Appreciate you. Um, yes, Rip Vine, as said by uh, Sukai AU in the chat. I feel like, you know, you know when they say uh, we we um, we grew on the shoulders of giants or whatever the fuck that saying is. That's Vine. You know that was Vine. Vine was too. It it, it blazed way too hard for its time. You know it just it was too ahead. You know what I mean, Jim? I hundred percent do. And uh, it just it was a too far ahead of its time and didn't quite. Yeah. There, you know, and, humanity and- wasn't ready. No, it was like right. when the fucking Titans kicked down the wall in Attack on Titan. Humanity just wasn't ready for that level of, um, you know, on-demand short short videos. <laughs> anyway. like, like, I never actually used Vine. My exposure to Vine was like Vine compilations on YouTube. Yes. Probably yeah. why I Vine failed Vine either. Again. Yeah. Exactly. It was just being ripped straight into YouTube. <laughs> but goddamn, classic. All right, Jim. We've got a fair bit on the uh, on the old uh, on the old quest log today. Um, we're going to start at the very top. All right. We had the golden joysticks, the big old joystick Roonies. Um, they happen every year. You know, I think uh, they're generally held in London from memory. Um, you know, big industry game awards night it's um very well recognized um in the same kind of echelon i guess as the game awards um that it's held in the us um this is i guess the uk kind of variant for the most part um but yeah we had a shitload of awards that um were announced and um you know that night so i'm just going to kind of go through them vaguely and we can kind of have a bit of a discussion um what i will quickly do first is pull out the fact that Baldur's Gate won one, two, uh, three, four, five, six awards. If That's I'm reading this correct, awards. Yeah, out of one, two, three, four, five. So there's probably about twenty odd awards in here. So six of twenty is pretty amazing. And obviously, they can't give everything to Baldur's Gate because it's not much of an awards night. So I think the fact that they got six. Pretty epic. Now, they won Best Storytelling, Best Visual Design. Larian Studios won Studio of the Year. Uh, they also won Best Game Community, uh, PC Game of the Year, and Ultimate Game of the Year. Now, I don't really understand what that even is. Um, I think it's just a collection. So, like, because I can see they've got the different categories of PC Game of the Year, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. I yeah, think it's just a that's the game overall of the Game of the Year. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty um, pretty impressive amount of winnings, and I think it's probably going to be mimicking um, its takeaways at the Game Awards this year with our good friend Jeff Keighley. Would you agree, Jim? I think so. I think, like, I haven't played it, and, like, this year has just been crazy for big game releases. Yeah, I've oh, played, dude, it's out of control. It is, and, like, it... it and they keep coming. It, and it flushes stuff, like, Hi-Fi Rush was the beginning of this year, and that was an amazing shadow drop yeah. game. And yeah. It's probably not even going to get a look in because everybody's gone. Oh, look at this new shiny thing we've got! Look at Baldur's Gate yep. three. Let's look at Tears of the Kingdom. Let's look at Sea of Stars, which I was very well, happy to see one indie game because that is that is an amazing game. 
Yeah. Well, hey, can I just say cocoons on this list as the breakthrough award? Um, that is again, I say it almost every week since I've played it. If you haven't, if you haven't played that freaking game, go and freaking play it. It's on. I'm pretty sure it's on Game Pass. Um, and goddamn, it is fucking awesome. It's so good. It's um, just an incredibly well put together, thoughtful. Um, but also visually complex, stimulating, beautiful puzzle experience. Just, oh, God, go and freaking play it. Anyways, regardless, um, yeah, Baldur's Gate, obviously sort of landsliding this one. But you're right. You're right, Jim. Like, um, you know, even things like Alan Wake 2, like I don't really think I expected that to be as good as it is. And it is immaculate, by the way. Another cracker game. Even, you know, we had um, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, um, you know, as a DLC come out this year. And, and I've not finished it yet, but God, it's been brilliant so far. I'm loving, um, can't think of his freaking name. Um, yeah. Idris Elba's um, appearance in that game is brilliant, and he plays he plays the perfect role for him as well. You know, got that kind of you know his his sexy accent voice going as well. It's just it's just a really good um, good vibe. So, um, but let's move through a few more of these. Um, Jim, the still playing award, uh, No Man's Sky. So that's kind of your uh, ongoing game that's you know won the best accolade, I guess, and I think that's pretty well deserved, mate. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely one that that it's one of the few rags to riches stories that you see. How it overpromised at the beginning and it's yep. just developed into something so amazing. Now you could potentially almost put Cyberpunk in there, given its very very torrid launch and how yeah. it's recovered and become a, a really great game. And I think I think the fact that they've gone and released this DLC. It has done the games a lot of favors because absolutely, I, I don't think a lot of people would have gone back to it had they just fixed it through patches later on, and they would have yep. done all this work and nobody would have seen it. If I'm being yep. honest, um, yep. so releasing the the DLC as well that could have almost been the still playing award. But there's, I mean, there's so many games out there that get that support. Uh, I mean, like, even I mean, Fortnite, right? Like hmm. the OG map came back and they had their biggest weekend on record. <laughs> Like, you know, it's yeah. pretty impressive in itself. Um, you know, so pretty, pretty, pretty. Um, I'm, I'm glad that No Man's Sky won it because I, I definitely think that they, um, they deserve that. Now, like you said earlier, um, Jim, we also saw Sea of Stars getting best indie game. Um, just, just I quite, agree with that. I, I, I have to like Sea of Stars was amazing. It made me go buy their first game, The Messenger, which yeah. is also amazing. I've never seen game. a dev. Uh, sabotage studio knock it out of the park so hard with their first two releases in yeah. two completely different categories as well i just yeah i want to say that because I, I don't think they're getting enough credit for what they've done there yeah there look i think um i i, I have really enjoyed sea stars i think for me maybe the only thing i wished was um there was a bit more complexity in the game systems in the combat i guess um but despite all that like you know, very, very solid game, solid RPG experience and highly worthy of, you know, taking home best indie, in my opinion. I mean, it, it would have been either that or Cocoon. I'd probably give it to Cocoon personally just because um, I've never played anything like it, honestly. Um, it's just one of those games. But um, I'm still going to see Cocoon, obviously, with the with the Breakthrough Awards. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, now I think um, – I mean, look, yeah, let's talk about best lead performance. Um, ben Starr from Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, do you know what? 100% agree. Um, Chris Rosfield, uh, I think, was his um, – the character's name in, in that game. 
Um, you know, Is whilst Clive, I, sorry, one? Clive, yeah. not yeah, not not Chris. Where am I getting Chris from? Um, regardless, I, isn't, I, isn't there a Resident Evil in there somewhere? You're probably thinking, Chris, what's his yeah? Name? I think you're right. I think I'm getting completely mixed up. Regardless, um, I did finish that game, and I had my uh, sort of. Sh- I think it had its shortcomings. You know, obviously, in its um, pacing and. Um, I, I guess just again, if we're going to be talking about game systems and um, you know being underwhelming, I mean that game had probably one of the most underwhelming game systems of an RPG of all time, in my opinion. But regardless, you definitely could not not knock the uh, the voice acting and the performances in that game. I mean, Ben Starr did a superb job as as Clive, and I think uh, um, he managed to just really capture that character really well emotively, and um, yeah, j- just the, the the scene that you had with him and um, his brother Joshua and stuff, uh, just incredible. And, and, you know, even the f- sort of final moments of that game, what, not spoiling anything, um, but, you know, they were just so well put together and, um, yeah, just an incredible video game, full stop, I guess. Um, yeah, again, I've, I wish it was different in the in the way that it presented the combat and stuff like that because I think that would have made it a incredible incredible video game like a Baldur's Gate 3 level experience but you didn't quite get there but you know I think it is it's a good sign of things to come for Final Fantasy I didn't get to play it myself but my housemate has it and I'd walk out every now and then he was playing it on the big tv with the surround sound system and all that yeah. going in every time I couldn't help but stop and watch it but my one observation was I wish it was a little bit more Final Fantasy and a little bit yes. less Devil May, Devil May Cry. Yeah, and I think that was the problem for me is, and it's, that's a really good way to put it, I think they kind of tried to blend the two experiences to the point where they kind of handicapped both experiences uh, because they just couldn't put enough time to make both of those amazing in their own right um visually the combat was incredible and and you know the moves that you're pulling off but they just weren't kind of fun to really do like it, it like you, you felt like you were just kind of it almost felt like to me when you're in an mmo and like for example we're to warcraft and you're like level 10 and you've got like five main moves and you just keep rotating them over and over and over again and the combat just feels like shit until you get to end game but you never really got to that end game point so yeah anyways you know Look, Final Fantasy, excellent. Ben Star, very deserving. Um, Critics' Choice Award, award went to Alan Wake 2. I think that's a great um, recipient of that particular award. Um, Alan Wake, absolutely an incredible thriller that, so far. I've, I'm pretty close to finishing it, I think. Um, I've probably got some major, so a couple of major parts to go through, um, but I've really enjoyed my time with that game and been pleasantly surprised with it. Um, have you have you thought about picking that one up, Jim, or have you picked it up? I haven't. I haven't even looked at it. If I'm being honest, like yeah. um, one of my side gigs that I do is I write for a website, and so I've had a, a reasonable slew of review titles over the last month or so. So I haven't haven't even thought about picking yeah. up anything new. And in fact, at the moment, I'm kind of kind of wanting just something something safe and familiar, and maybe even just a break, just to do a palate cleanser so totally yeah, and alan wake's not really one of, like i'm In, not a horror yeah. game sort of because that's the vibes it sort of gives off to me i could be completely wrong with what it's about but yeah, yeah it's not those sort of games aren't usually my game 
yeah, there's certainly horror elements. I think I'll probably put it more in the thriller category with some kind of psychological bits and pieces happening. But, um, oh, dude, I totally get it. I don't think um, – I think what really draw, drew me in is I'm a big fan of um, Twin Peaks and um, just seeing some reviews kind of liken it to that, I thought, okay, I'm going to have to play this game. You know, has to be has to happen. And I'm glad it did. Um, now, the final one I want to touch on, um, Jim, there's a lot of other games in there. Um, actually, what I'm going to quick, quickly pull out – is just um, best streaming game, which I just find that title hilarious because, um, you know, okay, <laughs> who's deciding that? Uh, but that went to Valorant, um, so very cool. Uh, I do wonder how they do pick that, though. Is Do they literally oh, absolutely. Go, and go, what's the, the most streamed game and, like, most watched hours for the last year? And, oh, look, oh, Valorant. Man. Because I would put in a case for League on that or even Dota. Like, Well, exactly. Like those, And I would also argue that the communities for those games are probably stronger than maybe what Valorant is. I don't know for sure. But, um, yeah, yeah I, who freaking knows, mate? I think ultimately maybe maybe Valorant greased some palms. Who freaking knows with these, these award ceremonies? Um, but, yeah. So now the final one I wanted to touch on, Jim, because I want to know your opinion. Most Wanted Game. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Look, I'm probably a bad person to ask about this because I've noticed my gaming habits over the last couple of years have, have slipped away from looking at the AAA games to, yeah. like, my my most anticipated games. There's two that I've got my eye on at the moment. One, it's like a early Fallout-style game called Broken Roads. Which oh, yes, the Australian one? Yeah, yeah, that's set in Southwest. Yeah rural wa which is amazing um yeah. i absolutely like going through there and seeing all the the stuff there but anyway that's getting a little bit off track but yeah broken roads is one. <laughs> unfortunately that's just had a delay for qa testing which 100 percent support but um yep. i can still be disappointed that i'm not going to play it in the next couple of weeks when's also, when's the rough um expected release date for that early next year now so it was okay 20th of November and push back to early next year. Yeah, and because um, it really, it really, I, I know we're going going off track, but it leans hyper into the kind of like early Fallout One and Two kind of um, style, right? Yeah, and and yeah. it has a, a rather than being like right and wrong and good and evil decisions, they have more a morality wheel. Um, yeah, which from the demo that I played works really, really well and gives you that shades of grey, um, rather than. This is Which are, black and white, right, right and wrong. You know? Yeah, a bit more realistic in a post-apocalyptic world, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's be honest. But the, the other game for me I'm looking forward to is The Plucky Squire. Which it looks, oh, dude. It's yeah. like, it, it had me at the like the way it was going through the pages, and then when the squire jumped off the page, I was just like, I'm in, I'm in. How, yeah. can, I, how can I get this? So um, I, can, I can see why people – chose um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth as the most wanted award. And really, if I'm thinking about big releases coming up, that's probably near the top of my list of of what I'd be looking forward to if I was still looking forward to big games, which, like I said, generally I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, look, I've got to definitely mimic you there. I think, um, I mean, you just sort of rem- reminded me that Plucky Squire is on the, on the way. Um it's definitely something I'm looking forward to in terms of 
just a solid i mean because that's devolver i believe um devolver yeah. digital from memory um so i mean anything devolver devolver puts on my plate i'll happily eat um uh but there's a couple of things i think i mean i'm definitely really looking forward to rebirth i fell in love with the final fantasy 7 remake i loved that um i thought they did such a good job of recreating that video game in a modern graphical setting uh and stayed pretty damn true to that whilst also kind of giving it its own persona you know this kind of weird what's it's time changing is is the timeline kind of splitting off from the original what's going on here and kind of giving it that weird like what's 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 next so i know i'm quite excited to see where that goes now um, another thing I'm actually quite looking forward to as well is Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, the kind of early gameplay stuff of that um, I thought looked really amazing. Um, so quite excited about that. Also looking forward to Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2. Um, I think that looks wild. I'm not like an out-of-control big Warhammer guy. Um, quite like the books that I've read here and there, but um, the I guess the the mobs of enemies and stuff that are sort of coming through that looks pretty sick so interested in getting my hands on that uh and well i mean it's not a game in itself but it's an extension of a video game and i'm presuming that we'll probably get some elden ring 2 dlc oh sorry elden ring dlc not 2 but dlc next year i'm hoping we'll see that's, that's that's probably my most anticipated personally but um and now for those playing the ogr bingo at home he just said elden ring yeah, so yeah, you can you can tick that one off. <laughs> now, Pav, have you got anything you want to bring to the table? Most anticipated? Uh Silk Song. Silk Song. Yeah. Which I think totally warranted. Uh, it's <laughs> gonna be a banger, right? Um now how many times have they delayed that now? Uh officially uh, only a couple, but they've also just not told us anything for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think we I think we've only got like one official delay this year, but until then we've just heard nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought I thought, I swear it'd be more than that, but I think you're probably right. Um, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I, I no. I've always just no, I thought, more <laughs> more success. I totally agree. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's definitely on my radar as well, big time. I mean, I loved um, Hollow Knight, and I thought the way that it melded those Metroidvania, um, you know, with the uh, elements with the Souls-like kind of, you know, combat and then also had this kind of weird world the, with the lore buried in, um, you know, item descriptions. God, it's just gonna be. It's gonna be good. I'm very, very, very excited for that. Is are they? Is it still a three person team that's working on that? I don't know. I, definitely a core team. I'm not. I'm not actually sure. Yeah. Well, surely dude. after the success cool. of of Hollow Knight, they would have been able to pull in some additional talent, even if it's only yeah. the extra people. Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine they want to keep it fairly slim just for those big bucks. Uh, mm. Returned personally. I mean, I would the guaranteed <laughs> big bucks return. Yeah, ex- that's the thing, right? Less people, less spread of the big bucks. So, I don't know. Um, but yeah. Anyways, look, that was the the joysticks, and yeah, I think for the most part, I was actually pretty pretty stoked with um, who won what, and um, yeah, um, I'm I think uh, definitely foreshadowing some big wins for Baldur's Gate in uh, this year's Game Awards. So. Yeah. Looking through Very the cool. list, there's only one I disagree with. Sorry, I know we're trying to get off the topic, but no. um, this multiplayer game, Mortal Kombat One, but I also don't have anything Ooh. to replace it with. Like I, and I'm, I'm now I'm wondering if they might have gotten <sighs> that because there's not really anything else. 
Mm, yeah, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that would probably usurp that place. Uh, is that true? is a brand new video game, I guess, from this year. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, that's that's the only only one I kind of disagree with. But like I said, yeah. I have nothing to replace it with. So yeah, yeah, just just take it away from it and don't give it to anyone. That's right. <laughs> that is Damn right. That Nobody is deserves it this approach. year. Go yeah, away. Exactly. Now, Jim. Yes. Grand Theft Auto. We're stealing cars and we're going to be doing it for the sixth iteration. Uh, we're going to be learning more about that at the start of December. Um, people are getting very freaking excited. Rockstar announced um, after a long slew of, you know, just going on about how it's their 25th anniversary and, you know, thank you so much for playing our video games. Uh, you know, we started this company in 1998, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then they went ahead and said, just to let you know, early December, we're going to be releasing the first trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6 and we look forward to many years uh, to come of sharing experiences with you um yeah the internet went fucking freaking wild like big time this is like you know crazy i think they only put that out as well because jason schreier um found leaked something that's saying that there was Correct. a gta 6 trailer coming soon and so then rockstar games come out and said yes By the it's way, coming yes. Settle, settle down yes yeah. yeah calm the farm we're getting there um yeah. and look it's i guess it's exciting times for gta players but I think I, I'm going to be one of the first in the world to say, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, Jim. I don't care either. <laughs> I played GTA roleplay for all of about a week and then just didn't. And I think that was the most fun I've ever had in um, GTA. I, look, I played a fair bit of San Andreas. I quite enjoyed that. But ultimately for me, I've never really enjoyed the GTA experience all that much because and look, yes, I know it's not close to reality, but I'm going to word it like this. It's too close to reality for me. Like, it's just like, it's just gangland war and stuff. And I just don't find that particularly interesting or captivating. And I'm always looking, you know what? Not enough fucking dragons, man. Boring. Move on. Like, I'd rather play Skyrim, honestly. And that's saying something, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, like I, I do get back to the, the how my gaming's changed and how I prefer the, the smaller, tighter experiences these days. But yeah. like, I haven't played any GTA apart from GTA Five, and even that I only played because I'm I managed to get it when Epic Games were giving away the free game, so I've got a free copy and I played a few hours of it, and I just went, you know, I'm not that interested in this. Like, I I kind of yeah. it, it's it's a not even really an interesting story to me. And once again, the argument could be made that I didn't play it for long enough to really for the story to pick up. But I would also argue that if the story's not grabbing me in the first couple of hours, then yeah, that's the story's fault, not mine. Well, own. that's that opening story mission in GTA 6 was pretty like balls to the wall. So, I mean, if it didn't capture you in that moment, I don't know if it was really going to capture you at all, to be mm. honest. Like, and I agree, like it just, for me, it's just not a particularly interesting kind of game experience um and i don't really thrive off that sandbox all that much i don't find that i'd, I'd rather if i was going to play something like that i'd rather play something like just cause or um you know something in those kind of that realm because i, I just think the the settings more interesting because it's a bit more foreign for me um whereas you know like you know freaking what, what was it new york or some shit i don't know like i couldn't even tell you 
Yeah. Or do something like Saints Row where you just go stupid crazy where you end up leading the gang and then you end up as president and then you end up yeah. fighting aliens. And then, yeah, you're a superhero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's an obvious choice. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I'm definitely in the same boat, but regardless, um, I can see why people are very excited. I mean, these games are beloved. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I am looking forward to seeing the trailer, I must admit. Like, I am not, I couldn't give a shit about the game itself. Like, I don't want to play it. But, you know, it's one of those hallmark times in your life where, you know, the, the GTA 6 trailers coming out and of course I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be quite interested to see what they have to offer. I'm hoping that it's not just a, um, I hope it's got a significant amount of gameplay in there. I want to see, I guess, the quality of um, the game engine they're utilizing. I want to see, uh, there was rumors about them painting um, a locomotion system, which is supposed to enhance their animations like dramatically and make them look insanely realistic. I want to see these things. I want to see, I want to see them doing. Because I remember when Red Dead Redemption Two was coming out, and they were talking about, you know, the horse's testicles shrink in the cold. Like, I want to see that level of detail in in GTA Six. You know what I mean? Pav is has, yeah, he's he I mean, he doesn't want to see that level of detail, but I do. Okay, I, that's what I'm excited for. I guess is is that next level um, of game system. You know, and that that may also contribute to why I wasn't a a big fan of GTA five was because I first started playing it a year or so ago and or a couple of years ago. And it's just like, by that point, it's already a 10 year old game. And what, what it's offering has been offered in other places before in games I've probably played. So I'm sitting there going, yeah, this feels like other games when really it may have been the game that started that. You know, So that could also be a thing coming to it late, but yeah, I just, yeah. And like I said, not, not, uh, not wanting to, um, I've lost the word now. Not not wanting to put everybody else down that is expecting this to be a great thing. I hope it is, and I hope that the people that love GTA Five love GTA Six. But but for me, it's not not a game I'm excited for. Yeah, and I think if we've learnt anything over the last couple of years as well, Jim is. Uh, you, you know the level of hype and anticipation for some of these AAA games that are you know in development and actually executing to the level of hype that is being generated is very slim, may I say. Um, and we haven't really seen anyone do it in recent years. I'd say probably Baldur's Gate was probably the first to actually fully execute on the amount of hype that was generated. Um, I, I, but, I, yeah. I loosely say Tears of the Kingdom as well, but Nintendo oh, yeah. kind of see yeah. in their own little world where they do their their own little thing, but they do it really well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can. I mean, because people are literally losing their shit. Like the tweet I'm looking at has 1.5 million likes for the announcement of the trailer itself, which is that's ridiculous. It's got 1.170 million views of half that million, that reply to a retweet. tweet. Yeah, yeah. Or it's it's or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> yeah, reexes. <laughs> but yeah, it's um people are obviously excited. Um, so yeah, I'm not excited for the game. Excited to see what they're going to announce. Excited to see where Rockstar can take that. Um, not excited to inevitably learn that there was probably like you know two years of crunch and developers fucking didn't eat properly for six months and you know those those kinds of um, uh, stories have come out of Rockstar plenty of times and I'm sure we're going to probably hear about them again uh, after this game comes out but um, but yeah I think uh, it's going to be an interesting time Jim we'll see how it goes yeah. um, all right moving along mate uh, Jim you got a Steam Deck. 
I don't. Would you like a Steam Deck? Are you offering? Because I will take one. Uh, well, Pav actually is offering a Steam Deck Ooh, to you. That's very generous of you, Pav. Yeah. Yes, I know. He's incredibly generous of him. Um, now, so generous is he, he's planning on getting you the brand new one that was announced literally last week. Uh, the one with the OLED screen? Oh, the one Pav, with the OLED. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's dipped into his own personal funds for this one as well, Jim. Um, look, jokes you, aside. not where the Patreon fees are going. <laughs> no, no, uh, 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 no, Pav, don't you freaking give me those eyes, mate. That's not happening. Um, jokes aside, uh, we have had that announcement of an OLED edition of the Steam Deck, um, which is quite exciting for a number of reasons. Uh, we're getting uh, an increased battery life. Uh, we're also getting faster downloads. We're getting uh, um, a nicer screen, obviously. It's an OLED screen from the standard LCD screen. Um, you know, you're going to have much more vibrant colors and, um, you know, uh, excuse the pun, but you're going to see your games in a new light. <laughs> uh, now, uh, yeah, faster downloads. We're going to be going uh, the Wi-Fi 6 um, route. So I think the old uh, old Steam Deck is only Wi-Fi 5. So I believe, I think it was three times faster or something like that, which is pretty quick. Okay, pretty fast. Um, and speaking of quick and fast, it's also lighter. So faster, better, stronger, lighter. Um uh, and cooler. It's got a bit better fan in it this time. So I think it's about 5% lighter than the LCD model, which is impressive because the screen's bigger um, and it also weighs less. Um, so, uh, yeah. I see looking uh, at the stats as well, there's also a one terabyte model, which I would absolutely love. But uh, you've got one at the moment, don't you, Cap? Don't you? I do, yeah. I ended up going going for the, the, two, uh, the 256 um, gig LCD model when those those were the only ones that were available uh, and all I – oh, no, sorry, the 64 gig model. Um, I'm getting mixed up. Um, and I just expanded with, um, you know, with uh, with an SD card, next, which is next pretty quick. And I asked if you could expand the memory. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a 512 um, gig uh, SD card, which is the optimal speed and everything, and, it, and, it, and it's freaking quick. So – um, yeah, I mean, the one terabyte is, is pretty sexy and sounds great. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, in terms of other features, um, there's not an awful lot change. There's some slight changes to the, uh, to the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, a the GPU I think is slightly different. I think it, um, it doesn't fluctuate between one and 1.6 gigahertz. I think it just sticks it at 1.6 gigahertz. So it's technically still the same, but it can, you know, the old ones can drop a little bit. Um, so it's technically a better GPU, but other than that, it's pretty much the same device. Um, so I, I have yeah. noticed one thing in some little stats that I'm looking at here, it comes with a longer charging cable. So like the, the yeah. 6 LCD model is a 1.5 meter cable and the, the 512 and one terabyte models have a 2.5 meter cable. So yeah. if you are running, if you're playing away in bed and it's yep. run, running low on charge, you can just pop that in and just get a little bit extra wiggle room. Yep. You, you and know. it's going to mean, it'll mean very little for people in Australia, Jim, because the only way to get this is through a resupplier, i.e., Amazon or someone, Kogan, et cetera, which is how I bought mine because they don't stock them in uh, in Australia <clears throat> um, natively through Steam. You can't buy them through Steam. You have to buy them through a resupplier and they package a brand new um, 
uh, charger with it that's um, Australian compatible because the ones that you get natively with the device is uh, um, American or you know whatever else. Um, um, what connection is it out of curiosity? Is it like USB C? Uh, yeah, it utilizes USB C. Um, I actually, I actually use my Nintendo Switch charger to charge my um, my thing, and it works perfectly fine. So, well, you can get um, some. Yeah. Uh, just a side note: you can get some USB C laptop chargers that do really quick charging for phones. Because I, I do that. I've got, ah. got a USB C laptop charger. It was only like fifty bucks or something. Yeah, and and it just charges my phone in like from zero to a hundred in an hour. Really quick. Yeah. yeah. Which is the way to go really. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, look, ultimately, Jim, one thing I will say about this device is they've got a limited edition see-through, um, uh, what do you call it? Steam deck, like yeah. shell. It looks very sexy. It's very nice. Like the um, old school. I always remember the Nintendo 64 had that. I was going to say. Casing. Yeah. Um, reminds me of the, um, the, you know, the. I feel like the most classic one is that little purple see-through controller. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that was the first one they ever did, that like vaguely transparent sort of opaque kind of thing going on. They've kind of done that with the shell here and using the, uh, the classic kind of valve red for some of the accents on it. And it does look really good. Um, those uh, limited editions are only available in the US and Canada, unfortunately. But they did say if it sells well, they'll consider to doing consider doing it elsewhere and for different colours and stuff down the track. So um, that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, a really nice looking little unit. And I mean, I got to say, I love my Steam Deck. So it's good to see that they're because um, I mean, Steam's a bit funny with their hardware. Like I, I was kind of dubious as to whether they kind of really kind of consistently support the Steam Deck post-launch. But, I mean, if they're doing an OLED variety, clearly it's selling well for them. 100%. And look, is when you're talking about a Steam Deck, is there really a lot you need to do to it to keep it? Like, obviously, you've got to release different iterations to, yeah. as the hardware improves. But I think I think we can see from the Switch, even though it's not, as powerful as what the Steam Deck is or anything else, really. Probably my phone's more powerful than the Switch these days. But, um, look, you, you don't have to do too much to it to keep it up to date and to keep people playing on them, I don't think. Cause no, the not really. Is, is the draw card for it. Yeah. Well, so the thing is, right, so because of the form factor and I did a bit of research into this because I was curious as to like where the technology is at and like, you know, what, what we're looking like and how, how long is it going to take for me to get the, you know, a freaking 4080 in a, in a handheld kind of device. And that's going to be a freaking long time. Let me tell you, Jim, based on my research. So the issue is there's a thing called TDP, right? And that's how much heat is generated by your CPU and your GPU. Now to keep that, at a acceptable level for a device that sits between two hands uh, and is a very small device that requires a very small fan because, again, you need to hold it in your hands. It's an incredibly difficult problem to engineering problem to solve, um, both you know in terms of architecture and physicality of the device. Right? So, about, why can't we just like built in a build in a screen to like the big? It, 40, 80 TIs that are like half a meter <laughs> wide and just hold on to yeah. that. You know, surely that'd be okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could give it a crack. But uh, from what I understand, Steam uh, and Valve did a shitload of research into optimizing 
the TDP for the form factor, basically. And so what the Steam Deck represents is like the best bang for buck in terms of economical pricing um, and also, you know, what's currently kind of available. Um, they even came out recently and kind of said, look, you know, the next iteration of a Steam Deck's at least a couple of years off, et cetera, maybe longer because, you know, the, the technology's not quite there yet in terms of, you know, giving us that next acceptable iteration of the next step in the Steam Deck. Like, you know, I don't think why, Valve... Why upgrade when you, the exactly. not that upgrade? Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, if, if we're kind of looking at like, say, a, I don't know, a 50% increase in the specs of a Steam Deck, is that really worth a brand new price point? Probably not. I think like Valve are probably aiming for something like two to three times faster than the original Steam Deck in their next 2.0 kind of iteration, right? So we're still a fair while off that is what it is. Um, but regardless, in the meantime, Jim, we have the OLED. Okay. So pretty exciting. Um, and it looks really nice. So go and have a look at the trailer if you're interested. Now, alongside all this, um, they didn't announce this. This was through data mining, but it looks like we've got an interesting new feature coming to Steam potentially soon. You will soon maybe be able to mark games as private and hide them from your friends. So when Sukai gets in and loads up, um, you know, um, sort of Feet, Feet Simulator 2024, um, he will hopefully be able to hide that from his friends. Maybe. You know what I say? You know what I say to that, Sukai. Don't let anybody kink shame you with your feet simulator. Just own it. I, own I wasn't. It. You know, I wasn't implying that he should be shamed by it. I was just more so implying that he had. He might have the option in the future. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. Ultimately, an interesting feature. I think there's probably, you know, I think it's a feature that makes sense. I mean, there's been a few times where maybe I've been like, uh, you know, at jobs in the past perhaps, um, you know, that I've been at home and playing a video game and maybe I want to be online so I can play with some other friends who are doing a similar thing to what I'm doing, but I would like to hide that in a more constructive way where I don't have to go completely offline. Um, so this will probably give you that option, which is kind yeah. of cool. Um, so interesting. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, we'll, I guess we'll see what, if that actually happens for now, it's just a bit of data mining stuff, but um, yeah, keep an eye on that. All right, Jim, we ever into the overwatch um, esports kind of um, stuff ever. Not Overwatch. Um, got into a bit of local World of Tanks esports and okay. obviously yep. League of Legends. Um, mm -hmm. Big fan of that and passingly familiar with CSGO or now CS2, but Overwatch wasn't one I was ever into. Yeah, no, me neither. I just, uh, it's funny because I feel like Overwatch was in that time period where videos were being, video games were being built to be esports games. Um, and I feel like there was a very specific moment in time where all of the marketing was the next big esports game, right? And that was kind of how games were marketed back then um, at that particular moment of time. And Overwatch was definitely in there. And 
it you know they they pushed really hard blizzard pumped a lot of money into getting that sort of grassroots esports stuff off the ground and trying to you know make the teams look really nice and kind of you know slick and and getting people hyped up and it just never really eventually owners into buying franchises i think yeah it's yeah like reading it was pretty big yeah there's like reading what they're having to refund teams now that the owl is dissolving it's like 30 million a team or something that's ridiculous money so if you're kind of at home wondering why activision blizzard might have to pay these people back and there by by virtue microsoft will have to be paying these teams back uh there is was a certain buy-in cost that was required for things like licensing and all the other bullshit that goes behind esports for these teams to buy into to become a part of that league now part of the contract that they would sign inevitably would be if the league ever dissolved they would get some percentage of that back um and that is basically the debt slash cost that microsoft is probably going to have to foot now that well it is going to have to foot that it's just it's in the contract um now that the overwatch league is being dissolved of which um over the last week and a bit those teams um universally voted to dissolve the league because i you know, just wasn't getting the support both from a community standpoint and from Blizzard. Realistically, um, the game is just not popular anymore. Um, you know, they tried hard with obviously, you know, Overwatch 2 in brackets, um, but it just hasn't, it's not stuck. It hasn't stuck and people aren't interested, I guess, ultimately. Thoughts, Jim? What do you reckon? I, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think that um, the transition from Overwatch to Overwatch 2 has not gone as smoothly as Blizzard would have hoped and i think that they burnt a lot of goodwill with um with players and i think it's it's pulled away from that but i also think there's a more an, an overarching issue at the moment globally not just in esports but worldwide economy where everything is on the down absolutely um and it's it's not just uh blizzard and overwatch that you see it like grizz was saying i think last week that people he knew went to TI, which is the international for um, for Dota. Big, huge competition, supposed to be the richest in in the world, and it felt like it was a downgrade kind of thing. Yeah, like a tumble. Interestingly, yeah. interestingly yeah. that's another Blizzard Blizzard uh, property and as X well. Blizzard IP. Um, oh, sorry, I was I wasn't aware. I just Dota, knew Dota, Dota is now owned by Steam. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so slightly yeah. different. But even even locally and like the Australian esports scene, you have to take things with a pinch of salt because there is just no money in it whatsoever. But um, League of Legends earlier this year, or probably a couple of months ago, um, Chiefs, who are a huge Australian esports name, were bought by Team Bliss, um, yep. which is going to be interesting because now that means that for the LCO, which is the local League of Legends competition, you've got Bliss and Chiefs, but the rules say you can't have one company owning two teams in the league. So one of those are going to have to disappear. And these are out, these, these aren't just small teams. These are team one and team two in the league. And team two just bought team one. So it's, what? Yeah, okay. no, it, it's it's really weird. So it's uh, interesting. Um, yeah, Sukai saying in chat, Chiefs is out, I believe. And I would believe that as well because on my Twitter <laughs> feed, I've seen popping up lately like a few of the, the Chiefs players are. So I'm still contracted, but I'm being allowed to explore options. So I think that interesting. Uh, I think that a lot of the chiefs um, going in. Uh, Sukai also saying in chat another org bought chief spot. Yes, Fury bought chief spot. 
So, there you um, go. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's that's a world, the economic world kind world of situation world. we're in, right? And then then you throw, um, you know, dubious corporate contracts and everything else that goes around it, you know, and then all of a sudden people are footing bills, i.e. Microsoft or, you know, people are having to um, forego uh, team spots into uh, leagues, all kinds of stuff. It's an interesting time to be alive, not in a nice way sometimes. I mean, we're seeing an immense amount of people suffer with, um, redundancies and layoffs recently, especially in the gaming scene that, and just tech in general. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the Overwatch League, uh, another casualty of um, A, poor economic climate and B, probably also mismanagement by Blizzard. I mean, one thing, Jim, is like, you know, uh, Blizzard, you, had, uh, you have a perfectly good eSport there called StarCraft and you don't even fucking support that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And you know what, that, that StarCraft persists in spite of blizzard blizzard i reckon exactly i mean even you would argue that dota persists in spite of blizzard yeah. so, so for those <laughs> yeah. playing along at home that, that don't know the history of dota dota started out as a mod in warcraft 3 which yeah. is a blizzard property and then it got yeah. so big that it spun out into its own game kind of like yeah. how counter-strike was a half-life mod and that yeah. got spun out into its own game yeah exactly um, right I do want to say as well, I kind of get the feeling is that this is just another stepping stone for Blizzard. They've realized that the Overwatch League isn't doing what they want it to do. They've got some not so good press from when Overwatch 2 launches. It might be seen internally easier as a way to wipe the league and start clean again in a, in a year or so, which I think will happen because the reports I've been reading have kind of been saying that uh, there is going to be something else but just not the Overwatch League. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot bare bo- more bare bones and kind of low-key as well from what I understood. Um, and, I mean, ultimately, probably in terms of a financial hit uh, because, I mean, the Overwatch League would have cost Blizzard X amount of dollars per year. I can imagine they were making money off of it. Um, I'm sure it probably looks slightly better on their, their books ultimately. So, um, yeah, but regardless... Over, if you're into Overwatch, I'm sorry. You're probably going to going to have to find that elsewhere. Um, so, um, yeah, there you freaking go. Um, now, Suka is saying in terms of revenue, StarCraft 2 was outsold by fir- the first amount microtransaction in WoW, which is, you know, I'm t- totally all for those kinds of, um, I guess, um, price comparisons, but it just blows my mind that, like, you know, why isn't, and why aren't Blizzard putting out a new StarCraft with microtransactions in it? Because people would fucking buy that shit. Like, put this new skin on your freaking Protoss or your Zerglings or whatever. Like, people will buy that. I don't, I don't understand why they're not doing it. Sounds like I, a no-brainer. I, it, it, does, it does seem like they could do something for that. And there are skins they could bring out for units and, and everything as well. Because like, that's the thing about things like Dota um, and... Yeah. Uh, and the hat economy is just out of control. Yeah. Well, your champion, each champion gets different skins that gets released. Why can't you do that with, with StarCraft? And StarCraft 2 had champion units, not that they, that I really think they get played or even can be played in competitive, but, you know, there, there's stuff stuff that you could do there to make StarCraft a good thing. Mate, but I if, also if, think that um, RTS games and the competitive scene isn't big like outside of korea who even really plays starcraft 2 competitively anymore yeah it's a fair point though i do i do wonder what the what the i guess the 
the RTS kind of ecosystem would look like if there was a kind of AAA level, well-supported StarCraft variant? What would that look like? Would there be a better, more kind of like community-supported Western audience? Maybe. We don't know <laughs> because they, they don't support it. Yeah. I've just said that about RTSs, and then I've just remembered that there is an Age of Empires competitive comp every year called the Wololo something or other. Um, oh, hell yeah. yeah. I'm all about that. And That's I sick. kind of get the feeling in the back of my head something saying that Red Bull's involved with it. Um, ah. So that, that could be why, because you know, Red Bull tends to grab onto something and, and run with it. And, and so if they've got hold of that, then that's probably why Age of Empires is still going as a, as a competition. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, Jim, Silo V. Yep. Owl. Goodbye. All right. Now, Jim, you're much of a Modern Warfare player. Like, you like your Call of Duties? Uh, I have not played a Call of Duty. I don't even know which one it was, but it was the one where you play as a terrorist going through the airport. I think that's the last COD I played. I think that was Modern Warfare 1 or 2, the originals, the originales. But, um, yeah, well, look, you're probably not definitely not going to want to play Modern Warfare 3 either, mate, because apparently... According to reviews, anyways, um, it seems like the campaign is insanely rushed um, to the point where it the, apparently people are finishing the campaign in about four hours, which is, you know, That's insane. It's pretty quick, dude. Um, it's I, you know, I heard a um, a report that there was somebody that was just dropping into lobbies um, and in voice chat just to say. Unless you're downloading this on a 150 meg connection, it took longer to download this game than to play the campaign. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, according to reports, supported by those reports. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some of the review, I mean, I haven't played it, but the reviews I've been kind of skimming over looks like um, a lot of people are suggesting that, well, they think that the campaign was fairly quickly whacked together. Um, in a very short amount of time and and the kind of hallmarks of that is a the length of the campaign b it kind of seems like they have retrofitted the existing kind of like battle um, royale maps into kind of like these very poorly thought out mission style things going on the story isn't quite well kind of put together i mean most people don't play cod for the story but there is a story element that some people do really get into certain characters in there um and regardless it seems like that just didn't quite come through well in this in this particular iteration of the game um it does feel a bit to me yeah. like the after the the outcry for star wars battlefront the second i'll call it yeah the better term when that came out and people realized it was just multiplayer and people kind of lost their shit about that, um, amongst other things that that game was infamous for. And then Battlefront 2, the second, came out and it had that campaign and, every, and EA's going, look, it has a single-player campaign and it was just this very short... Not, it, it was all right, but it was nothing special, really. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely get in similar vibes for this one. Jim, based on what I've kind of seen, um, just little things as well. Like, for example, they're kind of saying, like, there's no real stealth mechanic in this game. You kind of just get too close to the AI and then the AI just knows you're there and starts shooting at you. So you can't really approach with an awful lot of stealthiness or anything. Um, But, yeah, ultimately it just kind of looks like 
this particular campaign kind of stinks and um, probably best to give this one a wide berth. Maybe just wait for the uh, Battle Royale stuff to come out and call it a day. We'll go back so, and play the, you know, the original Modern Warfare titles. Yeah, yeah, the better ones. So, yeah, so there you go. Modern Warfare 3 freaking stinks. Now, Jim, uh, I don't know if you're keeping up to date with the Bungie news, but obviously we've recently had a lot of information about, uh, I guess, the layoffs that we've had recently at Bungie. Um, you know, we've seen an awful lot of, I think it was about 100 employees were let go or something something quite insane. Um, and, yeah, there was a lot of kind of rumours and, and rumblings about who was to blame and, oh, bloody Sony's come in and they're, pulling all these people out to be replaced and kind of seems that there's a few more bits and pieces, uh, some some kind of revelations that have come out uh, in the last week. Kind of seems like, uh, firstly, uh, management uh, at Bungie um, are the people that kind of pull the trigger here. They're kind of directed that you'd need to slim down and how you decide to do that is up to you. And this was the way that they decided to do so. Apparently, um, employees asked if, uh, there was any, uh, I guess, um, insight into whether they looked at uh, like board and CEO compensation as a way to, um, you know, uh, time uh, I guess, avoid the layoffs. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it was said that uh, some bonuses were, um, were forfeited, uh, et cetera. But, I mean, you know, some of the kind of some of the money that these people get paid at these levels is just What's out of control, like five plus people salaries. Um, it's just ridiculous. So, um, and I mean, ultimately I know they're important mechanisms in the chain of, you know, an organization, but I mean, I can't imagine that their role in the company is worth that amount. Um, they're not doing the groundwork. So regardless, um, CEO Pete Parsons kind of noted that um, that these these bonuses were forfeited, but who, but he didn't specify the size of the bonuses or any other information. So kind of swept that one on the carpet. So classic. Interesting thing being Bungie because you've just gotten out from under the heel of Activision Blizzard and then you sign up to Sony. And yeah, like I kind of wonder if that interference that they were trying to get away from at Activision Blizzard has followed them to Sony. And admittedly, this yeah. is a business decision rather than a game decision. So I guess time will tell about that and particularly with mm. new, well, new old IP marathon that they're working on and if that has yeah. an impact on, on that game. Well, I think I think that's potentially. I mean, maybe we'll get to the impact there shortly. But I, I maybe maybe just to kind of um, kind of explore that whole idea of the effect of Sony buying in to Bungie. I think that the fact that they've, like you said, they've gone from Activision over to Sony, um, and but they they did quite hardly celebrate. They celebrated quite hard about the fact that they were an independent studio again, and then all of a sudden they went to Sony. I think the reason they probably ended up going to Sony was because they realised, fuck, it's pretty hard to um, make a crust in in this industry as an independent solo publisher developer with a single title, i.e. Destiny, uh, and and keep that money coming in. And I think that they were seeking cash elsewhere. And, hey, if they didn't have Sony to bankroll them for a little bit between now and um, and before they when they first got acquired, we might have seen these layoffs even earlier than we already did. Um, so it's I don't know. I don't know that for sure, obviously, but 
I mean, clearly Sony has given them a fair bit of cash to get their kind of stuff off the ground. I think one interesting thing that's come out recently in these reports as well, Jim, is just this kind of undercurrent of the implication that uh, upper management and Bungie is kind of seeing the next um, DLC expansion for Destiny 2, i.e. the final shape as, I guess, the the kind of redemption arc for Destiny 2 at the moment because it's been through a significant kind of um, tumultuous critique from com- its community and reviewers um, in recent patches and, and expansions and they were kind of hoping that the final shape would be kind of as good as some previous ones as, such as Forsaken and The Taken King, some of the most popular um, contents that they've dropped, but they 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 kind of it's really important that they execute on that and now that they've got less people they've also they're kind of split between trying to work on marathon and i guess a lot of the community is kind of suggesting that hey is destiny shit because you're just kind of working on marathon and you just have a skeleton crew on destiny 2 what does that mean for the final shape it seems pretty scary at bungie right now sort of looking outside in and it's going to be interesting to see how they go moving forward i guess there was a comment Sukai made in in Twitch chat earlier on. It says, how well gamers are eating this year in is such a stark contrast to the state of the overall industry. And I yeah. think see, seeing what's going on with Bungie and and not just there, but other stuff as well, because there's, there's a story we're going to get to in a minute about Sony as well with, with culling some of the projects that they've, yeah. they've been working on. And it, it really is a, a stark contrast to to the games that have come out. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's an interesting time, I think, for a lot of reasons, Jim. And I think one of the reasons is honestly just talking about live service games and their life cycle. And we're seeing that life cycle for some of those games uh, kind of getting to an end point for some of them. Some of them continue to go up and up you know you got your no man's skies which is still generating a shitload of revenue by the way um your fortnights are still kicking on but you know some games just can't seem to perpetuate and they can't seem to iterate on their base to provide interesting new content i think destiny 2 is well and truly in that boat unfortunately it's the old netflix thing isn't it because netflix came along and revolutionized how we consume our video content and then everybody's gone we want a piece of that and so everybody's there doing their own thing and it's pulled out and stretched it thin and i feel yeah. like that's happened with live services as well like you've had stuff that's been around for a while like your mmos are always your live service type thing and they'll, yeah. they'll come and go but but you'll see other games like um like your destiny that's been around for a while or then avengers like that yeah. game was, was a year 18 months and the service got shut off yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's a very hard thing to try and balance. Like everybody wants a slice of that pie, but if yeah. everybody's taking a slice of the pie, the slices are getting real thin. And if that pie is, I mean, let's be honest, hours of the day—that's what you're comparing. That's what you're competing for. You're competing for a player's sort of leisure hours in the day, the dollars, right? Dollars and in their wallet. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, how you need to give them an, a reason to come back. And I mean, as far as we can see, Bungie's kind of bungling um, that trust it had in its player base. I mean, it had it's it, it did have, I don't know if it's still got one. As far as I can tell, it doesn't seem to have one. It did have an incredibly um, loyal fan base that would come and eat from the Destiny plate uh, regardless of how, you know, consistently similar the content was. But I think players are starting to hit the point of saturation with that particular IP and Bungie's doing itself no favours by splitting up its, de- its dev team and not giving Destiny the time of day to really get into its own and, and take it in new directions. And, yeah, I don't know. I think we're slowly seeing that. And the fact that they're also now lost 100 devs that could have potentially been working on that, I think it's going to probably die a slow death, unfortunately. I'm a huge Destiny fan, but I've not played it properly in the last couple of years. And, yeah, I can't see it really recovering from this. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. Now, like you mentioned, Jim, Sony has uh, reportedly delayed six of its 12 upcoming live service games, which is wild because, first, I didn't know they had 12 live service games in development, but apparently it does. It's a lot. But I think that this also kind of implies... I guess the the uh, kind of the corporate objective for what live service games are. I feel like they know that a lot of these games just don't convert into something that sticks around or people actively put money into. Uh, but they know that there's probably some kind of amount of conversion where some games do make a bit of cash because people get involved and enjoy them. Uh, and it's kind of like just chucking shit at a wall and just waiting for one to stick, right? So, um, Yeah, that, that's that's exactly what it feels like to me, throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. But yeah, it, it feels dirty to me. Like, Absolutely, service, I agree. Live service games are all about those microtransactions. And, yeah. and the fact that they've got 12 lined up says to me that even if these only last a little bit, they want to throw as much microtransactions and make as much money from them as they can and yep. then can them. Yeah, exactly. But clearly these these games are making a significant amount of coinage, Jim, because they wouldn't do it otherwise, right? Ultimately... Well, you say that, but I, I, I can't remember where I saw the report, but I did see somewhere that, and, and granted this year is probably a statistical outlier, but the top-selling video games for this year have been single player experiences. Yes. Yeah. And 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 that that it's kind of the world we're in at the moment. Like Baldur's Gate 3, you know, we cleaned up with the golden joysticks and yeah, that has a multiplayer component, but it's not there to nickel and dime you. You know, Tears of the Kingdom salt was the biggest had the biggest opening weekend of any Zelda ever. Yeah. And you've got got other games like, you know, Diablo for all its faults. You know, had people playing it on the on the open. I mean, it was the biggest biggest release Blizzard's ever had. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it so, was huge. So that there's all these games that can be experienced in single player that don't have these microtransactions that that are there for the cooperative gameplay that have succeeded. And I I'm not sure. I think people and consumers in particular are learning and. I get sometimes we we operate in a bit of an echo chamber where we know games, we know the different types of games that are out there, but I also feel that consumers in general are becoming more aware of of these types of games and know that 
all right, uh, little Timmy wants this game for Christmas. What is it? Oh, no, look at all these microtransactions. Yeah, I, uh, it kind of reminds me, Jim, I feel like we're getting close to another, like, video game crash uh, where, you, you know, we, we basically had a massive crash in the quality of video games around at the time the SNES was out effectively, um, maybe just before, but, um, you know, to the point where, you, you know. You. What was that, Sorry. E.T., I'm looking at you. I was going to say, to the point where we buried, um, you know, a massive amount of, of stock because people just weren't buying the crap that people were putting out. And I do feel like oh, we're almost there f- for live service games. Some of the shit that gets put on mobile is just abysmal. It's it's pathetic. Just um, as, a, as a side note to that, do you remember as a kid buying the Nintendo games and they had that Nintendo seal of approval? Yes. You know, that came about because of all the shovelware games that were coming out yeah. on the Atari and whatnot. And so Nintendo had a standard. That gold sticker meant that it meant Nintendo standard. So you knew that it was at least going to be a half decent game. It's going to run okay and it's mm-hmm. going to, you know, be bug free and, and probably be a reasonable experience. But the thing is, like, you know, obviously we don't have that seal of approval now. Obviously, we've got a pretty good amount of reviewing and I guess, you know, review culture behind, uh, you know, getting the word out about video games. But yeah, I think you're, it's going to be interesting, Jim. I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in ter- even if we look at, you know, the state of the economy as well, I mean, we're kind of heading towards some kind of crash regardless. But yeah, anyways, interesting time to be a gamer, Jim. Yep. It's that simple. Now, um, that's basically the the quest log for the week. Uh, we didn't do a poll because Grizz isn't here and I forgot and, yeah, it just didn't happen. So bad luck. Sorry. We'll do it next week, maybe. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, and we kind of already have spoken about our video gaming, um, unless you've got another video game you'd like to bring up, Jim, that you've been playing um, recently. Just one I did a review for, um, shout out to the website, all right, for Roundtable Co-op. Um, yep. Now, before you go, let me just quickly play this. Jim, I want to know, how's your gaming been going? So apart from the issues I had with Star Wars The Old Republic and yep. Fall Guys that we mentioned earlier, Marvel Snap, <laughs> enjoyed that. Um, yep. But there's a game I've been playing recently I do quickly want to mention called My Time at Sandrock. Um, oh, I've heard about this, but I have no idea what it is. So it's it's kind of a uh, cozy post-apocalyptic game is probably the best way to describe it. Ah, lots of cool. crafting, lots of relationships with townsfolk in there. So you you come Stardew in Stardew you know, Valley like, yeah, yeah, very okay. Stardew Valley like. But I, I, whereas I have kind of problems with those games where it becomes too sandboxy for me, and I don't know yep. what to do next. And the, the game says you can do anything, and then I get decision paralysis and go, yep. oh, I'm not going to do anything, and then stop playing the I'm game. I'm going to do anything but play this game. Yeah. <laughs> this, this one, my, my time at Sandrock had this really cool um, gameplay loop where you would go, you'd get commissions, you'd build stuff, you'd sell it, you'd get the in-game currency, and then you would continue on with, with the game to the point where I think uh, I put 30, 40 hours into it and was about halfway through the game, like story-wise. Huh. Yeah, wow. it had definitely sucked me in. Uh, yes, it was a sequel to My Time at Porsche as well. Ah, well, okay. Because it was made by the same people. Sorry. Right, okay. I've played My Time at Porsche and it had that had the um, interesting kind of like digging mechanic uh from memory where you could kind of go into a cave and it kind of had like a 
almost like a red faction level of like digging into the rock and stuff from memory. Yeah, Does it have that? Yeah, that, that has that as well. It has multiple different areas you can go into. It has a bit of a combat area as well because you, you kill animals or enemies and they give you certain resources that you can then go yeah. use to build stuff. Um, but it all kind of flowed really well for me. Like I, I was really enjoying um, my time at Sandrock. So, um, yeah, just wanted to give that a quick shout out there. Yeah. Yeah, great, mate. Actually, that reminds me. I I um I pulled down the um the Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, can't remember what, Survivor. I think they called it. It's like a top-down roguelite kind of um, shooter thing that it had going on. Um, very. It turned out that game was basically a Vampire Survivors clone and just oh. not a particularly fun one. Um, I played the demo and. Yeah, it just doesn't have an awful lot going for it that really kind of made me want to stick around. I mean, it kind of had, um, it kind of still mixed the elements of the classic Deep Rock Galactic stuff where you're, you're digging and trying to get ore and stuff to upgrade your certain things. And the different ores you would collect would give you different currencies to upgrade different things along the way. But it was just kind of not super fun. So, which is a shame because I really liked the look of it. It just didn't quite capitalize. So, yeah. yeah. What do you do? Is what exactly. it is. Exactly. Yeah, is what it is. All right. Now, uh, you know, it's it's that time of the week, my friends. It's time for a bit of rapid fine news. It's in the freaking game. Brought to you by our good friend DJ Francesco. He's just a legend. Thank you very much, Mr. Francesco. Um, all right. First cab off the rank. The PS4, PS5 Twitter integration will be no longer supported or accessible soon, Jim. I can't remember the exact date for that one. Um, I imagine not a huge loss, but I, I guess it's probably just costing them a shitload of money to maintain that integration because uh, Elon Musk made you start paying for the integration and Sony's probably going, why the fuck are we paying for this? How many, how many tweets are we, we sending off PS5 and PS4s? What, one a week? Nah, get rid of it. Get it out of here. Yeah, I, I don't mind that, but the bit that got me was um, the the tweet that I saw about this said that um, turning off that integration uh, includes the ability to view any content published on X on a PS5 slash PS4. So that kind yeah. of reads to me that anything that you posted from your PS5 or PS4 will no longer be viewable on Twitter, and that stinks. Yeah, I mean, you could go to Twitter and log in and look at the things you posted uh, and the content that you posted from your device would presumably still be on the device. You just can't access X from the device because it consumes the API, which costs money to use, I imagine. That that makes more sense to me because when I first read that, I went, wait, the the stuff that you posted from your PlayStation is not going to be available on X? No, I think the the file that you would have put up, if it still exists on your PlayStation, it'll still be there. Obviously, your account will still have the stuff on there. You just have to sign into the browser um, natively to get that. So, you know, is what it is. Once again, who really cares? Well, exactly. I would love to know the numbers of users actually utilizing and posting clips and stuff. I can't, I'm sure there was a significant number, but I can't imagine it being like, oh my God, there's like a shitload of users using it. And again, the, I can't remember what the pricing was on using the API um, 
for Twitter slash X, but it was when Elon Musk announced it, it was like, I mean, all of the, um, like, for example, um, Reddit did the same thing. All of the Reddit readers, um, the free to, free to use Reddit readers, gone off all of the um, the marketplaces, et cetera. Same thing happened with Twitter. Um, TweetDeck no longer exists properly because um, the API was just so expensive to use for, you know, grassroots um you know, um, small dev teams um, just couldn't afford to utilize it. And I guess, I mean, we're kind of slowly starting to see those prices trickle into big business and people going, do we really want this? Not really. Which I personally, I think is kind of going to bite them on the ass eventually. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Like it's, oh, there's you know, so you much- want people using your service, right? Ultimately, that's what you want. And so if you're restricting people um, consuming the service, through basic means of you know um putting content onto a feed i mean i know they're missing out on ad revenue from having people consume the feed through their own means because they can inject the ads into their stream and shit like that but ultimately it's it's uh yeah it's it's a hard one to you know ensure that a you're getting it but yeah going is from like he twitter rant incoming so just bear with me here Elon Musk has come in and said, we're doing all this stuff. We're changing things. We're going to stop the bots. I still yep. get just as many DMs from the bots. And like oh yeah, half of the likes I get on my tweets are still bots. And you look at them and, you, and they're like scantily clad women and go, yeah, I know you're not a, a real person. <laughs> yeah. I know me and like you haven't got my humor yet. So I haven't gone <laughs> that way with my sparkling personality. Yeah. My so, favorite yeah. ones are the like, hey, I'm a graphic designer and, uh, you know, just give me your PayPal and I'll hook you up with some cool Twitch emotes real quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Promise you I'm not going to just take the money and never get, give you anything. Um, yeah, it, yeah. 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 It's, you're right, Jim. The, the, the money that's apparently been putting and uh, is not really being shown. So, yeah. but regardless, we're not getting the integration on the PlayStation anymore. Bad luck, good gamers. Sorry. Now, we spoke about Fortnite a little bit earlier uh, today, Jim. The original map, the OG, um, was implemented uh, and brought back to Fortnite. Um, you know, all your classics like your Tomato Town or whatever it's called. And, um, you know, I couldn't tell you another one, quite frankly, because I can't fucking remember them. And Regardless. Can I? Yeah. Regardless, they had uh, in one day 44.7 million players totaling 102 million hours just for one day, which was a massive day for them, huge. Um, May I just say it's pretty impressive to be able to support that many players on a system in general. Um, so yeah, congratulations to those devs because that's that's fucking impressive. Um, but yeah, so Fortnite, the OG map, very, very popular. So there you go. Um, now, interesting one here, Jim. Starfield used to have a fully voiced protagonist and then Bethesda at some point decided to drop that entirely uh, and go with a silent protagonist and those voice actors were given other characters of which I can't remember who they are. I think uh, Cole and the other lady, can't remember her name. Um, but yeah, Andrea? Andrea, yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, so they were given other roles within the uh, within Bethesda's kind of video game, um, of which the voice actors actually praised Bethesda 
um, quite a lot because, and this wasn't really something that I was quite aware of, um, but quite often this kind of thing does happen where they partially start to record something and then go, oh, I don't know if we want to do this anymore. And quite often those voice actors will just kind of get kicked to the curb and not be re kind of integrated within the game elsewhere, et cetera. Um, whereas the, these particular voice actors were like, this is pretty rare to get another role within the game. So props to Bethesda for keeping us on. Normally you just get kicked to the curb. So impressive. Yeah, I must admit I do kind of like my silent protagonist a bit better than I do too. voiced ones. Sometimes it fits if, like, depending on the story you're telling, but generally I like the, the non-voiced ones. But And surely even if they didn't get these other roles in the game, they would have been paid for their time anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely positive of that. I think, I think they, it's maybe more so a, like they just are happy to have been in work beyond that um, contract, I guess, which is, you know. Yeah. As again. an artist, I can, can imagine that it's never good if you do some work and then it doesn't get shown and you've worked on this project. Yeah. Like, like, like the actors that get cast in a movie and then their scene gets deleted. It's just like, well, I've been in yeah. the movie, but I'm not seen. Not to mention they probably had a certain prospected amount of work hours and that probably became diminished. I'm sure it would have been in their contract that if they decided not to go forward with it and they maybe get some degree of a payout, but they wouldn't get the full amount of money. Yeah. Um, and that probably wasn't super great. So yeah, ultimately, yeah, good on them. Um, now, Jim, Phil Spencer has reported that the Japanese PC game market has doubled and PC Game Pass users has quadrupled. And based on those two statistics, I would like to say well done, Atlas, i.e. the creators of Persona, all of which are available on PC Game Pass. I think you have single-handedly quadrupled the PC game users' uh, market because those games are ridiculously huge and, yeah, they're probably going to have to stick on the uh, PC Game Pass for a while to finish the game. So, yeah. I 100% agree with that. Uh, the only other thing that kind of came to mind in being that mobile gaming is such a huge thing in um, in Asia or in itself, mm. I did wonder whether like maybe the the cloud streaming to phones may have been part of that. But this article yeah. is specifically talking about PC gaming, which is huge. Yeah, and actually, just off the top of my head, whilst this is popped into there, um, I'm sure the Yakuza games have probably helped with that as well. Um, so probably a joint effort between the Yakuza games and the Persona games. Um, so makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, all right, Jim. Now, it looks like we might see a WoW console version surface eventually. I mean, obviously, we've had uh, the creators of World of Warcraft Blizzard or Activision Blizzard uh, be picked up by Microsoft. They obviously uh, have their toes in the console market, so I think it would make sense anyway. But uh, recently, one of the devs sort of came out and said, yeah, we talk about a console version all the time. Um Interesting for WoW. I don't know how well that would go in all honesty because, I mean, if you've ever played WoW, I don't know how they're going to translate that to console easily. Yeah, I'm not – like anytime something like an MMO or an RTS says, yeah, we've got a console version, I kind of wince and go, this is – like these games do not suit a console with a controller. Like it, the, yeah. only, the only RTS I've seen be half decent on console was Halo Wars and that was specifically yeah. designed – or the console, like 
Yeah. And I, I don't think I've even ever seen an MMO come to control. Uh, I think ESO's done a pretty good job. Um, but I also think that ESO was built to be consolified. Um, Final Fantasy Online doesn't do too bad a job, but I think a lot of the time the big bleeding issues for MMOs on consoles is the UI, especially if it's kind of a MMO like Final Fantasy or WoW, how do you make those elements look not look like shit? Um, I think another issue that you've got as well is a lot of WoW's ecosystem for, you know, for example, raiding requires third-party um, add-ons. So how do you get, like, literally there's one add-on called um, Deadly Boss Mods that tells you when certain moves and stuff are coming up to give you visual cues and stuff. Um, how do you how do you have access to that? You can, I, I feel like it's not going to be raid-friendly, um, which is your end-game content, realistically. Um, so I don't know how that looks on a console. Maybe they have a solution for that. Um or maybe knows? maybe it's a taster. Maybe maybe it's just going to be their free to play part of WoW that they'll put on there, and then go if you want to play that's more, come play on cons- on PC. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, I mean, ultimately they don't have to support the end game hard in in on the console. I mean, it, it, like you said, if you want to become a hardcore raider, like yeah, you, maybe you just need to go to PC, and it's that simple, right? And that's maybe um, another good way for Xbox and Microsoft to kind of bridge that ecosystem and get people between consoles and PC, and and kind of you know working between the both of those. But yeah, regardless, I think I would like a native console version of WoW just for like okay, I'm going to go and do my dailies and I'm going to do that in the comfort of my console in bed or my de- Steam Deck or whatever it is that I'm playing on. Or, um, you know, I'm going to go and do some just basic questing stuff. And then when I want to do my hardcore rating stuff that requires more UI and more in-depth kind of add-ons, I go and do that on PC. Who knows what it looks like? Who knows if it'll ever eventuate? We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, Jim, Ubisoft, speaking of layoffs, Ubisoft has... Uh, um, is, is suffering a fair few layoffs uh, recently uh, as of last week um, as the tech market continues to slowly perish uh, under the weight of the economy um, or the, you know, the, the lack of weight of the economy. Um, it looks like 124 positions will be eliminated in total across the, uh, the Canadian offices, um, which is quite a significant number. Um, and yeah. it's obviously going to have all kinds of, um, you know, uh, effects on um, upcoming um, Assassin's Creed's, um, Far Cry's, etc. So, yeah, look, I don't think there's a lot more we can add add to that. We've spoken about yeah. cuts that have happened to Bungie as well, and just like I don't, yeah, there's there's not a lot more that I think I can add to that dis- discussion really about apart from you feel for those people that have just lost their jobs and this absolutely economy's turning down so hard it's sour yeah yeah you hope that they can find something else all right uh now uh speaking of other places that have also dropped uh, laid off people recently bioware have teased the next iteration of mass effect i believe it's called epsilon or something like that i can't remember how you um pronounce it um they uh, <laughs> they released a very very tiny short trailer of um, a blue lady, I can't remember what you call the race of people, walking down a hall and I think they've re- since released her walking further down the hall 
Um, but well, that's yes. the gameplay I'm here for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. It wasn't much of a tweet, a, a teaser. Uh, it was, um, you know, basically five seconds, uh, and it just kind of, yeah. I don't know how hyped people were. Um, but regardless, um, we're getting some Mass Effect. At some point, there was a rumor that came out that uh, we might actually not get this game until 2029, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Um, but we'll see. Way too soon. Like, Yeah. I think I mean, they just want to ride the, the share price increase, yeah. basically. Yeah, but then it, it, you just get to this point, like you end up with a cyberpunk that's in development for 10 years or, or you end up with with something that you just freaking um metroid prime 4 where the hell's yeah. that like that that was announced well, yeah. years ago and then they announced okay well it wasn't up to snuff so we've scrapped it all and we're starting again and heard nothing of it since yeah it's, yeah it's, i i would rather not know about a video game's existence until you were a year or two away from releasing i agree jim but guess who won't agree the board of directors and the poor unfortunate shareholders who, um, you know, their money unfortunately is tied up in this this bloody video game business, and we need to we need to support our our poor poor um, lowly stockholders. So yeah, Imagine yeah, I agree. Video games wanting to make money, who does yeah. that? Yeah, freaking lame, right? <laughs> Now, the other thing happening with uh, Bioware is uh, laid-off employees used this time to just remind people that uh, uh, they are are, are suing Bioware for uh, not uh, sort of uh, giving them their severance pay. So, uh, yeah, just so you're aware, Bioware, uh, you need to pay your employees that you severed. Um, So just get your shit together. Um, It's interesting that you're saying that because as well, you know, I've mentioned before I play a lot of the Old Republic online. They've moved from Bioware to another studio called Broadsword. So I don't yes. know if that, that's operate, owned and operated by um, whoever EA is it that I think owns Bioware. And, and But, like, that was a big thing. And luckily enough, I think most of the SWOTOR team moved over to Broadsword with the title move. But, like, that just that's Bioware hemorrhaging a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, Bioware has been bleeding profusely through its um, huge gaping wound, uh, which is its lack of um, just supporting the things that made it great, such as a good narrative. Um, you it's know, they pretty much they they probably can mark that as as the serious downturn. Well, exactly right. I mean, um, I think, you know, that's, that's a perfect sort of um, turning point for the most part. Um, you know, there was kind of writing in the wall for some of their earlier stuff before that particular title. But, you know, Bioware's, uh, you know, like so many other AAA devs, and, I'm, you know, I'm going to say it, Bethesda, for example, um, are a shadow of their former selves. They just don't have the same, you know, they you kind of hit a point of critical mass where you just lose, uh, I mean, Blizzard's the same, in my opinion, you kind of lose the thing that made you popular like because you've you've just hit that critical mass where suddenly you're a big corporation and and now you're being managed by you know corporate suits and and everything else and and what comes alongside that um you know management styles and everything else and you lose the things that made that that company what it was and that was you know it's it's devs creating good products and writing good stories you know and is what it is yeah, the creative now, people behind the scenes just go, we don't want to put up with this. And it's, you know, they go and start their own companies and you go, screw you guys. We're going to make yeah. our own 
superb studio with blackjack and yeah and, uh, yeah and the cycle renews itself Jim. Yes. and yeah we'll be talking about those new studios in, in 10 years yeah. <laughs> um all right jim now half-life we spoke about Half-Life earlier today as well, um, was almost called Crisis or Fallout, which I find hilarious. Is this, um, this kind of like, like so a bit of musical history here. Guns N' Roses at their peak when when the band imploded, they were writing an album called Chinese Democracy and The Offspring came out at one point and said, we almost called one of our albums Chinese Democracy and then in like little brackets <laughs> and like, ah, we got here first. Yeah, I, I think I think that's this is this that is the, this <laughs> in game form, <laughs> which is I just thought it was kind of funny because obviously those two IPs very much exist right now, and imagine if that name those names were taken and suddenly they were required to call themselves something else. Um, yeah. Would have been interesting. Um, all right, and the final one tonight, Jim. The Grammys have nominated a bunch of video games uh, for best video game score, including Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, God of War, Ragnarok, Hogwarts Legacy, Star Wars, Jedi Survivor, and an indie game, Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, which, um, yeah, has has had a pretty good critical acclaim, actually. It's, it's strange talking about Stray Gods in the same sentence as the rest of those games because those Absolutely. are huge games and then we've got Stray Gods made by a little Australian indie dev. Uh, I say little, they're, they're on the rather large um, Summerfield Studios, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can 100% say, like, I haven't played the game, but just before PAX, the Thursday night before PAX, they had like this Stray Gods fashion show on and they got in uh, Montaigne, who's one of the singers. Oh, rad. On, yeah. Yeah, on here. Great um, indie singer from Australia. Yeah, and because she's part of the um the work on stray gods and oh, i didn't know that that's really cool the songs on, on there um and i discovered today that tripod um australian comedy band oh, tripod, had, had a big writing input to stray gods as well so that's that's really cool to see and i, I was I, jordan rasco in tripod no he was in axis of awesome sorry, right, she, yeah okay he was in they, yeah awesome. sorry yeah yeah um okay i was getting mixed up but i'm yeah, yeah with you but tri- tripod uh, I have a soft place in my heart for tripod. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah. I just wish the rain had held off and I wasn't so tired because they were slated to play that Thursday night as well. And I wish I'd stuck around for it, but it was just I was tired <laughs> and, and out of it. Um, but it's yeah, always great, yeah, great to see Stray Gods up up there with all those. And like when you start thinking about like Hogwarts Legacy has had such a big musical keys that they could pull from from the movies. And like oh, that, for that's sure. already a big leg up. So they're, they're yeah. already hitting above their league, I think, Stray Gods there. Oh, big time. Yeah. And just good to see an Australian dev on there. So well done, legends. And well done us for reaching the end of the podcast, mate. Thank you, Jim, for joining us for another episode, mate. We bloody appreciate you coming in and filling Grizz's shoes. That's all right. Anytime. Happy to happy to be here helping out. Mate, an absolute pleasure. Uh, and uh, a big thank you to everyone listening at home. We bloody appreciate it. If you're listening to this via podcast, we'd appreciate a big old five-star review on this bad boy, uh, FYI. Um, and write a fun little comment in there for us to go and check out later. Um, outside of that, if you would like a link to any of our links, um, go to ogr.show. You'll find everything you need there, a link to our Patreon um, if you need a link to our Twitch uh, so you can watch us live on 7 p.m. Monday nights, um, you can go to twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. Uh, other than that, pretty much everything else is on OGR.show. Um, you know, our Discord link, come and join the conversation during the week, um, all that other shit. It's on there. The whole lot. Twitter, 
go and join yeah. Twitter if you want to vote in a poll that sometimes we put up. Um, yeah, it's all there. Anyways, thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next. Actually, I won't. I probably won't see you guys next week. Uh, my brother is having a baby, not him personally, but his wife, um, and uh, they are due to do that on the Monday. So I probably won't be here. But um, regardless, you're going to have Grizz and um, a special guest next week. More info on that later. We'll see you later next time. Peace out. Bye. Thank you.